0: Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you'll be blessed by your time with us today. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your kindness and for just being so faithful. And Holy Spirit, just speak through me this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. So, God is so good. He made my day today. Like, not that He didn't make my day every day. Actually, He's made my every second, my every breath. But sometimes, like, you need that little boost. And so, God God gave me that this morning. And I was like, out of the blue, uh, unexpected. And so... Uh, <coughs> It's kind of crazy because I'm driving here to church and then we've been trying to, we tried to help several people in the last couple of weeks. And every time we try to help someone, it's like they get smacked back in the face. And, and I was like, you know what, God? I refuse to help anybody else. <laughs> I am done helping anybody else. So I'm just sitting in the back preparing when I come in and this young man, he's a young pastor from the Marshall Islands comes through. And he's like, hey, are you, are you the owner? I was like, no, I'm not the owner. I'm the pastor here, right? And, and he's like, like I, I'm a pastor. I planted a church, and, and I think I might. And he's like, basically, you need some help. And I was like, God, I just told you. <laughs> I am not helping anybody else. You did not get the memo, right? I was like, how did you find me? Because I was just walking by, and, the, and, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, come here. And talked to this guy, and I was like, God, this is not the deal, right? But God's funny how, how he works. We tell God, I will not help anyone else, and God's like, oh, watch this, bud. <laughs> so I'm just telling you right now, I will not be a billionaire. <laughs> so I will not be any better looking. I will not have a Ferrari in this parking lot that I'm driving up to, right? So, but God's got a sense of humor. And, um, but it, it, sometimes you need that lift. And so the Bible says, do not grow weary in well-doing, right? For in due season you will reap. And we get so results-focused that sometimes we forget that we're planting seeds, and so I remember watching my dad. My dad was a great pastor. And, and my dad loved, he liked going in, starting churches, getting them up. And then, then he'd get them up to, you know, to where they're rolling. And then he'd say, okay, let's go do something different, you know. And, and I was like, dad, what is the matter with you? Why, why do you want to do that? But he was, he would go, there's this couple that lived in the town. And my dad would go visit them. They never once went to church. In fact, the guy said, I don't believe in God, I'll never go to church, but I like visiting with you. And that was all my dad ever needed to, it was just like, sick him, you know. And so he, he's like, they don't say no, they just say not yet, right? There's no such thing as no. And my dad would go, every week, he'd go over and hang with this guy, and and, and I was like, I gave up. on Dad, why are you doing that? You know, why are you wasting your time? He's like, because I love him, I like him, you know. My dad got sick, and... and um, <coughs> At his lowest point, he, um, at one time, he, he had had a heart attack and a stroke, and, and he could barely walk, and he would kind of drag himself. And, and um, he thought that he kind of, you know, his life was kind of um, a waste. And so he was going through the grocery store, which he hardly ever did, and this man come up to him and saw him and goes, my dad's name was Larry, he goes, Larry, Pastor Larry. He's like, yeah, he goes, I've been wanting to see you for years. He's like, shortly after you guys left that church, I gave my heart to Jesus, and now I, I'm serving in that church and part of it, and you changed my life. Amen. At one of the lowest points when my dad was discouraged and when my dad was tired, God had reminded him that he planted a seed. And in the midst of that seed, God watered it and brought it to life. So my dad got healed. Like, like he got healed. He, he was, I mean, it was crazy what God did. And so he come out of that. And um, but what's really cool is how God looks at things different than we do. There's a power in, in the seed. There's power in our thoughts. There's power in what God wants to do. If we'll look past, we, if we'll quit saying, I want the results. And how, God? How are you going to save him? How? Like, that's the worst question in the world. Right? It's the worst question in the world. How, God? God says, I've got this for you. You're like, how? I'm going to set you free, like, like he gives them the promise. You're leaving Egypt, right? How? Like, if he had told them how, none of them would have left. Right? You don't want to know how. Like, God told Abraham, get up, leave, and go to a land I didn't tell you. And he's like, how? Like, I don't got a plane ticket, and I can't, the train's not running yet. There's not even a stagecoach. How? He didn't say how. He just went. And so, what point in our life do we get where we're like, you know something, God? I trust you just where you are and just at what you say. Because his word has power. His word's a seed. I seen a picture on Facebook that where this tree's popping out of a big old rock and it split the rock in half. And and there's no way you could plant a tree in that rock, but there's power in the seed. There's power in what God's done, in, in the little bitty things in our lives. We we look for the great victories, but the great victories come because of the little steps. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And that's really good news, right? And so, we forget who we are. We forget that we are sons of the most high God that you have God's DNA flowing through you. Like if you look at your DNA, you there it finds there's a cross in your DNA. Right? The Bible says, in him and through him were all things made. And there's proof of that. But yet, we want to see results right now. I want to see results right now. Right? But what if we come to a place like Abram, Abram did, and realize we're really not Abram, we're Abraham. And we start living from the promise and walking it out and watch what God does in our lives. Then we're going to see things that we never dreamed possible if we can just learn to trust him, right? He always blows me away, and he never does what I tell him. It's almost like he thinks he's sovereign or something, you know? Again, I am not a billionaire. Wink, wink. So in John chapter ten, John, I love it because John ten talks about the good shepherd, and then it it also talks about <clears throat> that um, Jesus says in John chapter. Ever chapter 10 verse 7 says therefore Jesus said again I tell you the truth I am the gate for the sheep all who ever come, came before me were thieves and robbers but the sheep do not listen to them I am the gate now what what is I am anybody ever heard the word I am What when you use like we we talked about that the word I that that's God's name. They said, who are you? And he says, I am that I am. And so Jesus is, is saying, I am. He's connected to God. He said, I and the Father are one. You know, you're connected to God. You know, we have a choice. The Bible says, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. I'll tell you something. Like I was walking, I was having a, I wasn't having the, the right kind of attitude I should have had. And I was walking through Hagan's and I seen donuts. And, like, I thought, well, I'll just get one of these little packages of Hostess donuts. And then I love chocolate milk, so you can't have donuts without chocolate milk. <laughs> and and um, Hagen's carries this milk. It's made from Jersey cows, and it's in a glass jar, and it's like a, a $2 deposit for it. So I was like, I got, I, I'm going to get me some donuts, but I'll only get me donuts if, um, if they have milk. So I went to the milk section first. And they had milk, but they didn't have it in the little thing. They had it in a size bigger. So it's a dollar more, but it's bigger. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to eat this. And then it, uh, I'm going to drink this, and I'm going to go get me some donuts. And then I just heard in my, in, in my head, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. I was like, <sighs> you know what? I'm going to serve the donuts today. <laughs> So I walked over and I was going to get this little package, and they were out of the little donuts, but they had this big package on sale, and it was just like a dollar more, right? So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna grab the donuts," and I heard again, "Choose you this day." Oh man, I choose the donuts. Then I got this stuff up, and I bought what I, I got salad and donuts, like. <laughs> I mean, really? Come on. I mean, yeah. So I got salad, milk, not a little thing of milk. Like, look, I have an, I'm have not i coming off the wagon, boys. If I'm going to go off, I'm going to go big or go home. I'm going big, man. And I was going to drink every bit of it and eat every bit of it. And then it's like, choose this day whom you're going to serve. And I was like, oh, but I already bought it. And I was like, I guess I'll have to throw it away. And I was like, like, Father... What do I do with it? I walk out of the grocery store, and there's this guy, and he's like, hey, he goes, you wouldn't happen to have a few extra bucks for food, would you? And I said, stop. I set my bag down, grabbed the milk, grabbed the donuts, and said, here. And I walked off. What I didn't realize was across the parking lot was a young lady and her mom, and this was a family. And as I was walking across, I just happened to glance back, and he had this big smile on his face. And he was holding this up, and that little girl was just like, oh. And I was like, wait a second. Even the things that we think we shouldn't do, God uses those. And he uses those to bless people. So we get this choice. Choose you this day. That means that it takes the power away from your circumstances and gets the responsibility back to us and who we are as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Everything happens, but everything doesn't happen to us. It happens for us. If we really believe the Scripture that says this, in some things, God works for the good of those in what? All In all things. So, if we really believe what this Bible says, if we really believe what the Word says, that means, it literally. Let me put it down the cowboy talk because I, I like like um, one one of the guys I really love listening to. To um, he always says when he's wanting to learn something fancy and or learn something new about finances or something. He's like, I'm not real smart. So he goes to him and he and says, look, I want you to explain this to me, but I want you to explain it to me like I'm a golden retriever. <laughs> like he's a golden retriever. <laughs> yeah. You know what he's saying? He's like, get the hay down out of the loft where the cows can eat it. You make things simple and plain. So this is what... God cannot make that any plainer, but I'll try. Nothing happens you. Everything happens for you. The good, the bad, the in-between. Well, I don't know. There's no examples of that in the Bible. <sighs> Come on. Did you read the same book that I'm reading? It's all the same thing, right? Look at, look at the, the, um, the kids in Egypt, man. The kids of Israel. They're, they're in slavery. God brings them out. All these plagues were happening around them, and they got through it fine. Then they get out with all the gold, with all the silver, and it looks like, oh, it's really bad. They're mad at me. They're going to wipe me out. They come to the Red Sea, and what does God do? Everything you're going to see in that wasn't what happened to them, but it's what happened for them. And it's our focus. It's our thoughts, and it's keeping our thoughts. But God tells us. He says, says, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is... You know all these good things. Focus on them. Why? Because you go where you focus. I I've really like getting a crash course on that. Cause I, cause I've just decided in my life nothing happens to me but everything happens for me if I really believe this and I want to believe what God says. Right. We can learn in all circumstances and then we can grow. And then we can be like, oh, well, I, you know, nothing ever happens bad. And I was like, you're right, nothing happens bad only because everything that happens to us turns for our favor. That's his promise. And so, I, I don't know how else to put that. Anyway, he says this, Jesus saying, I am the gate. Man, one of these days I'll get my like my notes done. Okay, where was (laughs) that? Man, I'm having fun this morning. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have... Have what? Life. Life. So, time out. Listen again. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly or to the full. I just want to know what we're going to do with all that cereal. (laughs) I think Mikey likes it. Right? Right? I, you got Some of you guys, there's a commercial um, for a cereal. It's a cereal called Life. So I was just like, anyway, I'll go on. <laughs> Sorry, I can't hold myself. He says, I have come that they may have life. And life more abundantly or life to the full. And then he says this, I am. Can you picture Jesus? The Son of God. God Himself. Like, we're the Son of God, but He's one with the Father. He's part of of the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Like, three separate, but one God, right? Here He's saying that out of His mouth. He's saying, I am the Good Shepherd. Can you imagine being able to be around Him at that moment? Because that's who He was. That was so good. But what's even greater is we're around him right now. Except we're not praying to him where he's way off in heaven. He's living inside us. If he's not, why do we ask people, will you re- receive Jesus into your heart? We receive him into our heart and then we look at him like he's way far off and unaccessible. And then we wonder why we have problems here in this world. As he is in heaven, so are we in this world. Why? Because he is in us that means everything he is everything he has everything he does everything he everything about him is in us his righteousness is in us and you're like well I don't believe it I'll, I just deny that well you can deny it all you want but you're not denying him you're denying yourself of the chance of your life to live life to the fullness because that's where our life comes from Life's just not a thing. It's a person, and his name's Jesus. And when we can realize that, he's not far off, he's right here. He's right in us, and we can trust that. And get this. If he's in us, he says what? I and the Father are one. Guess who else is in you? The Father. Guess who else? That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead Lives inside us. And then it says this, and he can make alive our mortal bodies. He can give us life. And that's what he's saying here. I have come that they may have life, not cereal, life. Right? In in Hebrew, it's the word hay, not like hay, like I feed a lot of hay. I do feed a lot of hay. And thank you, Jesus, for abundance of hay, right? But, like, hay, as in hay. In Hebrew, the word's hay. And uh, um, there's actually even a letter, hay, right? It represents the number five, which represents grace, right? The very first part of grace or mercy is hanan, And hanan is grace, right? So... So when we have life, we have God's grace flowing through us. But God took dirt. Like, mind you, it, it, we think of dirt now, cursed dirt, but that wasn't cursed dirt. That was blessed dirt, by the way. That was Garden of Eden dirt. That was paradise dirt. You're not made out of, out of just dirt. Although I did see someone post on Facebook, uh, she's a cowgirl in Colorado, and she put it on there. She's like God created man, then he figured out he could do better, right? So he created a woman. You get, you know. So, and I'll agree with that, by the way, right? He did way better. Thank you, God, for that, right? Where was I at? Dirt. I was talking about dirt, right? Got to get back to the guys, right? It's paradise dirt, though. Like, you, if someone gets mad at you, well, you were preaching that guys are made out of dirt, and I'm mad at you, so guess what? You're dirt. Yes, but I'm dirt in paradise. There's probably gold and minerals and sparkles. and Like, I'm good dirt, man. Right? And I'll take that, right? But God took that, formed man, and then breathed life breathed his spirit, went, hey. And do you know what happened? We come to life. Why? Because it's God's spirit that gives us life. It's God in us. Christ in us. The hope of glory. Without him, no one exists. There is no one. Even people who don't believe in God, don't believe in Jesus, you still are walking around with his very breath in you that created you or you wouldn't be walking around. And to deny Him, all we're doing is denying what's already inside us, what's already been purchased through us by the cross. Why would we deny what God's finished work produced for us so that we could live it out? As believers, we do that because we get so stuck on religion that we forget there's a relationship. We forget we're trying to get righteous when we are righteous. The Bible says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You believe I'm not righteous yet, but I need to get there. All you're doing is empowering what you don't want. When you focus on who Jesus is and his righteousness and you start believing it, you start living it out. It's head, heart, hands. Always. Thoughts. Are important. Thoughts are a seed. As a man thinks in his brain, in his what? Heart. As a man thinks in his heart. in his heart, so is he. That pretty makes thinking pretty powerful, and that's what Jesus is always hitting them with, right? He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Do you know what he's telling them? I'm a good shepherd. He says, a hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. You know, you go to war, they got mercenaries. But then you got dudes that are getting attacked by foreign countries. And they're not even trained in the military, but they're fighting for their lives. Guess what? They're going to fight with all their heart. Where a mercenary might be like, you know what, boys? I'm out of here. Like, they ain't paying me enough for this, right? God said, I am totally invested in you. And he says, I'm going to give you the proof because I'm not a hired hand that I am. I am. And he gave his life so that we could have that righteousness and that access to Jesus who lives inside us, right? Okay, let let me move on. Says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I laid down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. You know what you saying? You out there, you don't know him yet. He already knows you. He already knows your name. So, I quit denying yourself by denying me. Receive me, and watch what I'll do in your life. Easy. Why would you not? Now watch this. I lay down from... I have other sheep. They are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them all so they too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one loves... takes it from me but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up. This command I receive from my Father. This dude's always in trouble. Right? You know what? Because he, he, they're getting this. They're so like, man, you're saying you're God. And he's like, no, I'm the Son of God. And he goes on and he talks about, they're going to the Feast of Dedication and, it, and this is where it talks about Hanukkah. Remember Hanukkah? The time of great miracles. And so, so it goes on down here to verse 22. And he says, Then came the Feast of Dedication at Jerusalem. And it was winter, so it was cold. And they're gathering around. And Jesus said, did I? And they're like, when are you going to tell us? Are you the Christ? And he's like, dude, I've been telling. I'm, I'm not telling you. I'm showing you. Where are all these great miracles? And then he starts talking to them. And goes, and, and there's a verse here. And I, man, I'm going to have to pick that up next week. I'm going to try to do a quick three minute, explain something really complicated in three minutes. Let me see. I'll just, I'm just going to roll with it. If I run out of time, then complain to God, you didn't make enough time in an hour. <laughs> okay. Or you might be like, I wish you'd shut up now. Forget about having an extra minute. If I just keep preaching and quit talking about that, I'd have the time, right? Hey, how about those Seahawks, man? <laughs> Jesus answered. I did. Do t- you know something that's cool about water? You know what two hundred twelve is? Yeah, it's a boiling point. But you know what happens at two eleven? Nothing. But you know how close 211 is to 212? Sometimes we're waiting for that miracle and we're waiting for God to do something great in our life. And we're at 211. And God's like, what? Watch, watch, What?" And you know what? We give up and we quit. There's this dude that he went to school during the California gold rush. And as he went to went to school, he studied geology and found out where you can make these gold claims. And he went and made this gold claim. Found everything you needed, bought all the tools, went in and he dug and dug and dug. Six months, didn't find anything. He got discouraged. Man, I did everything I knew I was supposed to do. I got the right tools. I studied. There should be no reason that this shouldn't work. I should be like, this should be the greatest thing ever. And he quit. You know what? He died broke, drunk, and miserable. Someone come in several years later, and they went back to his mine, dug it out, stopped where he stopped, went six inches. Six inches and hit the biggest gold discovery ...of that time. You're like, well, what's your point, Pastor James? My point is this. What if you're at 211? What if that thing you've been dreaming of, that thing that promised that God made you, that hope that God's given you, what if you're at 211? What if you're six inches from gold, and not months, but seconds or days... You can get that six inches and, and make up the difference. Your choice. Pick one. What if that's where you're at? The Bible says weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Maybe you're out there and you want to give up. I'm telling you, don't. What if you're six inches from gold? What if you're less than one degree? From boiling. What if God says 212 to you? I'm going to do great things. Six inches. Don't quit. Keep moving. He who began a good work is able to complete it. Amen? I guess the Holy Spirit decided for me that I will try to continue this next week. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.